Hello, welcome to the Child Whisper podcast. This is your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisper. If you want to raise a happy, successful, and cooperative, um, if you want to raise happy, successful, cooperative children and have an amazing, phenomenal family life, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining me today. The phone lines are open for live callers. I look forward to hearing from you today. Call in at 347 677 one nine six three, and I'd love to hear your success stories as well. Of as any que your questions can be on today's topic or not. Um, the live calls are specifically to support you wherever you're at in your parenting experience. Thanks for taking time to call in. Today's topic is why children manipulate and what you can do about it. It's going to be a great show. I can already feel it. Now, I want to, I love to start with a success story. This week's success story is applying the child whisper techniques for my five year old type three daughter is really helping. I've been training the older children to honor her energy, and she seems a lot happier with very little frustration. Yesterday, she cuddled me a lot and said, Mommy, you are the best mommy in the whole world. I love that. I love when children can, with great, just heartfelt honesty, show their gratitude towards their parents. It's so authentic and it, she is the best. Thank you to the mom that sent in the success story. You are the best mommy to this little girl and all your children because you care to understand them. Best is not about what you do. It's about what you know and how you then apply that knowledge, that awareness, that insight to what you do. And thank you for everyone that listens to the podcast to better understand your children because that just enables and supports you to make decisions that are ultimately supportive for your children's well-being. Yeah, let's get into this, today's topic. It's an um, interesting topic because you're going to see that I approach this um, well, let me just get into it because <laughs> uh, I have, well, ha when I look at the deeper, what drives a child being manipulative. So pay attention. I want you to pay attention to if a child is being manipulative first, where's that coming from? Why? Why are they even appearing or um, making choices that appear to be manipulative? What is their motive? Because motive is a big, it will change your perception of this. What, you know, what, their motive for doing it and then what they learn to do and how they come to that. Where does this manipulation truly come from? What's at the root of it? So my first question, is my 13-year-old daughter manipulating me? My type four 13-year-old son Let's see if my 13, yeah, sorry, I thought I'd said something else there. My type four 13 year old son tells us that he doesn't like us and wants to live at his friend's house. He doesn't even care that it hurts us when he says that. I do all I can to make him happy and it's never good enough. I'm to the point where I don't want to do anything for him because I feel so manipulated. I've given him complete power in this house and he is still not happy. I've tried giving him boundaries and he resisted them. 
He doesn't seem to have any middle ground. He is extreme and I am exhausted as a type two mother. I just don't know what to do. He's a secondary type three as well. So he is very strong-willed along with loud and active. He wants his way all the time. Any suggestions? I do have suggestions for you. I have a type four secondary three son. And when things weren't going his way or in, a, in the early days of his grade school years, when I did not know that he had a certain nature and a need for respect and structure and clear guidelines and a place to speak his truth and be heard, he would stomp off to his bedroom and say, I hate you. I want to die. I hate all you. I want to die. Now, I knew he didn't really hate us. And I knew he didn't want to die. So I had to translate that. And now as I look back, I understand how to translate that more correctly. But I, I knew that those were not, those, that, those are the words he was using to mean something else. What he was saying, and I have a video on this, on the Child Whisper blog. When your children use the phrase, I hate you. What does it really mean? So your son's saying, I don't want to live with you. So he's basically saying, I don't like you people. I don't want to live here anymore. So you need to translate that. That's, that's the only way he knows how to say, I, I'm not being honored here. Now, just giving a type four child free reign when you've said, I've given him complete power in the house. He needs enough. He needs guidelines. He needs a parent that he can respect. He wants to be able to trust a parent that's a guiding role in his life that he can respect. So you've misinterpreted the child whisperer guidelines for a type for child. It's not about just giving them free reign, all the power. They can do what they want. They're their own authority. That's not what it looks like. They're a part of a family system. They have parents. The the goal here is to create a healthy relationship where the type four child has respect for their parent. We'll listen to them. It's like a, a partnership. Both people have a position of authority in this relationship. You have an authority as a parent, as an adult that he can respect, but he's not respecting you. So somewhere along the years of his 13 years, again, I say this a lot, when you have a 13 year old child, you did not know this information in his formative years, especially between birth and age eight. So he's been imprinted with some early messages that say, we don't respect you. And so now you've flipped this to another extreme, which is, okay, we're gonna try and teach, you know, show you we respect you by now not, you know, giving you complete say. There's no structure there for him to operate in. So he's now, um, you know, he's got a lot of hormones going on at age 13. He's going to have mood swings. He's going to have days where he feels confident, days he feels insecure. He's dealing with trying to fit into social groups now between 12, age 12 and 18, as I outlined in the Child Whisper book. That phase of development for a child is creating their social experience, their relationships outside of their family system. It's a very challenging experience for a type four child because they are presented with the primary option in the world of early teens and teen years that you have to be outgoing. You have, If you're going to have a social network, you better be outgoing. The media promotes this when you have um, 
you know, just a real emphasis on an outgoing energy is what wins you friends and get helps you be popular. Kids want to have friends. They want to be well-liked. Not maybe not so in the, you know, parentheses around this word popular, popular to make up for some sense of inadequacy, but they want to be well-liked by their peer group. He's establishing that practice. Well, if he doesn't feel that he's supported at home with clear guidelines that he's helped create because you're having conversations that you're now inviting his feedback, you just don't give him his, you just don't hand over his life and say, well, you're a type four. So it's, you know, good luck. He needs to respect his parents. What are you doing to create that respect and that trust that he can say, I will uh, trust my parents know me. They understand me. He's old enough to read the type four section of the book and for you to sit down and even say, I need, I'm learning how to parent you, to be there for you so you can respect me. How, I would ask him, how, what would help you respect mom and dad? We didn't say anything about dad in this scenario. I'm assuming there's a father in the picture because um, all children have mothers and fathers, but the mom, um, because this is a mom's podcast, I hear from mothers. But that's a good question to ask after he's informed about who he is. Because he's going to extremes. Type four people can say things that are very hurtful and mean if they're not taught about who they are. They can uh, say things very blunt, very opinionated. And if they don't have the insight and consciousness to say, I feel strongly about something, it's important what words I choose to use so that I am not um, causing unnecessary hurt and in uh, my bluntness, how can I be respectful to other people? But he, when a type four child starts to talk like this, they do not have respect for their parents. So you've kind of abandoned the role of parent with him from what you've written. And that's not a balance. You're out of balance. Now you've gone to the other extreme. So you need to build a infrastructure where a parent, both voices are heard, parents' voices are heard, the type four child's voices are heard. So you're feeling, if you're feeling manipulated, then um, what are you not being clear about? How are you not using your voice? Have you had this discussion? Do you tell him you feel manipulated? Are you willing to work things out in a healthy conversation? Are you willing to listen? So take all that into account, um, come up with another approach because the approach you're using right now is not a child whisperer approach. I've got a caller on the line. I'm going to welcome Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, hi, Carol. Uh, yeah, this is Steve. I'm, well, I'm a dad. Have a dad. It's good to have a dad <laughs> on the show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Change things up a bit. Uh, I'm a I'm a type two three, and I have a wife who's a type four, and a four year old, well, four and a half year old who's a type two, and a twenty month year old, a twenty month old who's a type three. And okay. I have two questions for you today. Um, first one has to do with timeouts. Um, so my wife is concerned that we might be harming our children when I put our children in timeout for crying, like for example, at the dinner table or at bedtime. Um, she thinks that I'm punishing them for crying, but I told her that I don't mind if they cry, but they can't do it around the family. So like, especially screaming. Um, I think that's sort of actually a form of manipulation, which you were talking about earlier. 
So I guess, like, my question is, um, a few questions. Do you think that some energy types have a tendency to express themselves with more emotional charge, perhaps, than others, like screaming or hitting? And uh, what, what uh, do you think that timeouts are, like, an appropriate discipline technique for those types of situations, or what other techniques um, would you suggest? And um, also, I have a question about the difference between timeouts and a naughty spot. Like, do you think that that has a different effect on a child's psychology? Whereas, you what's know, one's kind of like a dungeon. What's, what's a naughty Well, like a naughty spot. spot. <laughs> so a naughty spot would be something like more of a punishment. So it's like a dungeon. Like, um, <clears throat> you did this bad thing, so you're going to go here, uh, like, to, to take, um, I don't know, just so that you can't do fun things. Versus maybe like so a like spot just to think about what you did. Sorry? It's like, the, like, it's like a sentence. It's like being sent right. to prison. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something right. like that. <laughs> do you do that? The, Are you currently doing that? Well, no. So like in my mind, I don't see them as being very different, but my wife does. But she also, you know, admits that she's not sure how to differentiate differentiate them okay um so like, okay let me share how old are your kids again you have a 20 month old and how old and a four and a half year old okay are you using timeouts for both of them uh-huh yeah so we we do um okay. different time lengths yeah but it sounds like it's because of the way their emotions are coming out that you're not mm -hmm. wanting them to be as the manner in which they're expressing their emotions let's say for example at dinner so they might, they go to a timeout if they're emotionally, they're not willing to use. Um, why do you not want them to have any, um, have uh, express their emotion? What's your, well, I, you know, how do you justify or what's your line of thinking or feeling about that, that there's, that they need to be disciplined for their emo emotional expression? So for for me, it's okay that they have these frustrations, um, okay. but what I, what I don't want them to do is to um, feel like it's okay to ha like scream to get the um, <clears throat> I guess sort of as a manipulation tool to get what they want so that you know everyone else can, their blood pressure so you can don't go want down them and to you don't want them to use their emotion to try and get something to manipulate something. Right. Yep. Okay. And so okay. therefore, timeouts take them out of the situation, yeah. And how's that going for you? Are they learning what you think they should be learning? Or um, are you just I do. Them, I mean, what's the point of it? Are you then, is it changing a behavior? Or is it just scaring them so that they shut down? I, I think that it's changing a behavior. I've seen positive yes. uh, results from it. And then when, when I go to take them out of the timeout, I show them like an additional outpouring of love, you know, we'll play games or something afterwards. So they know that I don't hate them. And that way they can, I hope anyway, attribute that uh, time out to their actions um, okay. so that they understand that, you know, that was inappropriate. And tell me your 20 month old's type again, that, that's type three. Yeah. He's type three. And then the four and a half year old's a type two. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to answer this. I'm going to hang up your call and go ahead and respond to this. Okay. Sure. So you can listen.
Thanks for calling okay, in. I, this is a great, great question. Sure. Okay. Yeah, this is a, this is a, there's no fine line. Okay. Um, type four mom, type two dad, you've got to consider that in the mix as well. Um, these are almost like you, you, I really caution parents to become too stuck on um, certain practices to be so predictable that you're more willing to take individual experiences into account. But when those individual experiences become patterns, then you have to look at it as a pattern. This thing keeps happening predictably, and it's happened now for a certain period of time, a few weeks. We've been doing this a few months. I've talked to parents where they're in a several years into patterns. And so um, you, when it's in the early phase of this, before it becomes a pattern, this is an optimal time to really say what's in the best interest of my child. There's things to consider here. I'm not a big fan of timeouts. I think it's a way to punish kids to try and um, correct a behavior. I think there's healthier ways to influence behavioral changes without there being this aspect of using punishment, spanking, timeouts. Um, they're not congruent with every type. I do talk about timeouts in the child whisperer because it's a very popular parenting technique. But when you're using discipline, and I, I, I describe what discipline really is in the book, that discipline is a, it's a, it's a choice. It's a, it's managing a situation by um, disciplining a child in order to hope, hopefully instill a change in their behavior. So it's using a punishment in some way, whether it's removing something, confining them to something to hopefully get a positive out of that. To me, there's a little bit of the whole, let's, we need to have a war so we can have peace. They're not aligned. They're completely different energies. Um, I want you to consider the age of your children. I feel this is severe for their ages. They're 20 months and four and a half year olds. They don't have that ability to translate. All they're going to take away from this is some, somehow I did something bad and now I'm getting punished for it. There's something wrong with me and it is, a, it is wounding them. I feel confident in saying it's wounding them. I think it's okay to take a child and remove them from the situation, especially your four and a half type two to, to just say, all right, we're going to go in the other room and I'm going to stay with you until you settle down. You have to teach a type two child how to voice what they're feeling. They will use emotion, whining and upset to try and be heard, to try and be understood. And since they're allowed to do that for enough years, they'll learn that that's another language for them. They have to learn to use their voice. You have to coach them in that, support them in that. So in this case, I don't think I'd send my child off um, and put them in. I would take them into a space if you don't want that behavior going on in a family where you want to support a certain family environment. So they understand this is how we all want to show up in a healthy way here in a, in, in a way that we're adding we're contributing to the atmosphere of the family to be supportive and positive. Um, but I think okay if children, you know, again, there's that fine line of the emotion being used to manipulate, or is it just emotion that needs to be expressed? I think parents shut down emotion in children. I think it's one of the dam most damaging things we do as a, a human race. That's why we have such crazy, um, this energy gets channeled in other places 
throughout our mostly in adult lives because there's all this repressed emotional energy that never got honored most likely as a type two parent or as a type two child your parents didn't support you having an emotional expression so i'd like you to look at that as well does their emotion cause you some does is it unsettling is it feel a little unnerving to you is it agitating you that's your history that your parents taught you emotions need to be silenced. Emotions need to be withheld. Type two human beings connect with the world emotionally first. And as they allow, are allowed to and supported in expressing their emotion, they do it in a graceful manner, in a manageable way. But it's a part of how they speak to this world through emotion. Now your 20 month old, that's just really young to put a child in time out. And I don't think it really translates a child, a 20 month old cannot translate. Why are we here? Um, all I know is I'm getting punished here right now. And so again, what's going on that if a type three can ramp up the emotion to try and get a need met, um, are they not getting the right, the proper sleep, the proper diet? I've, I've said now for between right around, you're entering the phase of, okay, this is a bit challenging, especially for a type two and a type four parent. These kids have more energy than they know how to manage. They grow into their energy by about age four and five. There's a, a kind of a rough period between age two and, you know, there's about a 12 to 24 month. It can be a little tough, but it doesn't have to be if you know how to manage and support them in their, uh, their energetic expression being very physically connected to the world. So read the section in the book on the timeouts. And I give other options um, for you to consider that actually will achieve. Cause I want you to look at why are you doing this? You're trying to uh, correct a behavior. So you need to ask yourself first, is the behavior I'm trying to correct? Am I, um, is it a unreasonable expectation to what, what emotion is allowed and appropriate in a healthy way? And for most people, it's more than they are allowing. And at what point does it go into being manipulative? And why, if a type three child is told no, no, no enough, they'll push back and their energy gets bigger and louder. That's true for myself. When my type two husband tries to you know, not in, and again, this is all a learning process for all of us, but when I, there's this sense of trying to shut me down, you're going to most likely see me get louder and push back bigger. So what are you doing? That's just now, if this child has a pattern of outbursts, it's a good thing to look at to say, well, how much no and resistant and confinement are they experiencing in their life? And you have to, again, look at the parents who are a much lower energy. And what uh, this is a very, this is the one child in the family that has the big substantial energy that needs healthy outlets, you know, playgroups. You know, you don't have to always be the ones to provide it. You might have to pay for some of that to happen in your world. But that's okay. And not a fan at all of the naughty spot. Just the name of it is um, very shaming to say something to your child that you're going to the naughty spot 
again, you're you're saying these children don't have ill motives. They're too young. They can't be consciously conspiring against you to be manipulative. They've learned to be manipulative based on the parenting methods and how supported they feel. Any child that's in stress and out of emo that is emotionally imbalanced is not being honored for who they are or they're Diet's not healthy. They're not getting the proper sleep. Maybe they don't get enough water, but things are out of balance. So therefore they're out of balance. And you just have to look at the bigger picture of what's going on. But I would never say to a child, you're going to a naughty spot. Um, that's so shaming. You know, I, I came into this work because of my own shame that I had to heal from my childhood. And then turned it into a business helping adults heal the shame they took on in their childhood. So it's a good thing to ask for a parent to ask, is this word shameful? Does this make them feel that they're loved and honored or does it make them have an interpretation that they're inadequate, that they're naughty and naughty is bad. And you're again, look at the languages that work choice of words, does it have a, what's the energy around that, you know? And so again, there's not a, there's not a, I, I've given you some guidelines to kind of examine this yourself. And I would prayerfully ask if there's anything that I'm doing to my child that I somehow have rationalized or justified in my own thinking as a parent that I feel is appropriate. If it is not Help me to know, help me to see it, and help me to get, get the insight and answers to make a change. So that, yeah, you want your, I honor the fact of what you're trying to do is teach. You want to teach, you want to influence, you want to help children um, understand how to manage who they are, to behave a certain way in certain places. But again, is that aligned with their nature? Um, and, and is your expectation congruent with their age, their energy type, all things you have to look at to uh, get those insights on your own behalf. Good chance the, the parenting methods that were handed down from your parents weren't of the, you know, you don't want to just transfer them. You got to really challenge those. You really want to challenge the, the hierarchy of parenting that's been handed to us. And, and again, it's not just giving your children free reign, free will. They want parents guiding them. Children want parents that they can turn to and be led by and supported by and loved by and admired by and encouraged by. And I, um, again, the child whisper is not a one-time read. Read it again with this question in mind, with these considerations in mind. But I appreciate you calling and being willing to ask that. My next caller, Tara, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. It's such an honor to talk to you. Thank you. You as well. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm a type four with a secondary type two. Okay. And my oldest daughter is a type two with a secondary four. So before I read your book, it was just like, I completely misunderstood her all the time, which is funny because we do have some similarities, but mostly I felt like we clashed until I really sure. realized how sensitive and sweet she was. Right. Um, <laughs> so now, um, 
yeah, and just like trusted her because I would always think that she was like. I, anyways, that's that's a whole different chapter. But now, now that I've read your book and my eyes have been opened, um, the things that I struggle with, it's like I've noticed that we have a lot of the same weaknesses, and I don't know if I'm projecting myself onto her sometimes. Or but I'm going to invite you to say rather than their weaknesses, I never, I've I chosen know. never to use that word in my writing. Just call them challenges. Call them just some opportunities. Right. They're challenges that you're looking at because. There's, I don't think anything's really a weakness. It's a misunderstanding of ourselves. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And it's a way to grow. And so, sure. um, yeah, so we, I, there's, and there's just like, we did recently move out of state. So, you know, there's been some changes. Sure. Um, but so like, here's an example. She recently got a new stuffed animal that she became so completely attached to. Um, and it's like our world kind of is revolving around the stuffed animal. She wants to bring it everywhere. She's, okay. she's in first grade. So well, how do you feel about I'm, that? Yeah, I think it's kind of, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know what she's telling me with this animal. Like, I don't know. Well, what if it's just something me. that, what if it's just a sense of a, a, a reference to security? So what if she wants to bring it everywhere? Okay. Well, and I let her, but then when she okay. loses it. When she loses it, which is, it gets lost all the time, you know, then it's like, I mean, she just completely breaks down. We, and if we can't find it, you know, it's just like, so it's causing and okay. a lot of like turmoil. Okay. Like, what's your sense like, of what's going, why is she so emotionally insecure right now? I have no idea. Cause she, I feel like she's doing really well in school and but there have been a lot of changes. That's the only thing that I can conclude. But how I mean, many I kids really are in the family? She's the oldest, and there's three and one on the way. So there is another baby coming. But she seems so excited. How it's how old are really the other positive. kids? She has a four year old sister and a twenty month old brother, and then another girl. It's gonna be here in a couple months. Okay, so, so do you, it's it's typical for the oldest child for when you've got this much going on to rely on the oldest to be a little more responsible, a little more supportive, a little more, how much are you um, having her yeah. play that role? Yeah, I mean, I could see her doing that. I could see maybe that is too over, I mean, I feel like everything I ask her to do, she's, happy and wants to do but maybe right of course she is she doesn't want yeah. you to be upset <laughs> i yeah. my sense yeah. is she's got too many demands on her and and she's just as a type two they get they get tired and then they show that being kind of overwhelmed they're she, they're overwhelmed with too many demands and then they get more emotional they get they get yeah. more sensitive so her sensitivity is is out of balance. So she's overly sensitive. So my sense is because of her being the oldest child, and you know it's it's tricky because when they're so willing and you need you you just get into this habit, this pattern of calling on them, even if it's small things. But it, they start to become kind of your your second in the lineup to be make up the difference, you know. And so sure. consider that and look at. Um, that, that she's being there. You got to take a bit off of that. So she can yeah. kind of breathe kind of like, Oh, you know, like, yeah. okay. 
Yeah. Not so much yeah. as expected of me. I don't have to like right. play this right. role so intently because I think that's what's throwing her into the overly sensitive experience. And then she's just yeah. acting it out with the stuffed animal. Yeah. Okay. That it has really like nothing to do definitely. with the stuffed animal. <laughs> it's, that's just yeah, a place for her to vent I'm the like, emotion. <laughs> she's telling me. She doesn't know. She's too young. She yeah. is, but yeah. for her to now be yeah. able to say, well, mom, I just feel overwhelmed and I can't keep, I'm just, there's so many demands on me and I don't right. want to ever disappoint you. And she can't say right. that. She's seven. Right, right, right. So that's where we kind of do the, you know, where the parenting is a lot of being a private investigator and going, okay, yeah. this is a clue. And most likely it's not about where it's, where it's sh manifesting. There's something else I need to consider. And that's really classic though. I tell this to type two women all the time when they're in overload, there's yeah. too many demands on them. They go into emotional stress and then they physically have issues as well over time. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Definitely see that. Yeah. Okay. So that just, it, it's so an much. easy fall. I get it. I mean, your oldest child, yeah. that's just common practice. It's just what we do but we need to manage it appropriately in the best interest of our children so that, you know, they don't yeah. have to feel that. Cause I've, I've worked with many, many adults that have had to clear a lot of issues about being the oldest child. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. Ah. I know. I, I feel bad for the oldest all the time. I do. Well, you can manage that. And then again, yeah. get the ex, yeah. if you need extra help in the, um, meantime when you have the baby to get a I'm a big um advocate of a mother's helper this is just yeah you find the uh, very capable type three or type four um middle school student that comes in folds your laundry I mean you give them right. house chores <laughs> they right. have to right. do it for six seven bucks yeah. an hour that's a big I deal I totally need to do something like that yeah absolutely that's even if it's intermittent when you're, when right, the, right. the baby comes. You need it and you're feeling overwhelmed, yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, okay. And then like sometimes part of my type too, I'll struggle with feeling left out. And, you know, we just moved and it has been like a big change for me, even personally, probably the hardest yeah. change that I've had in a long time. And then I feel her pick up on that too. And then sure. struggle with it. How do I? You know what? I would just talk. Myself? I would just I'd be more open about it between the two of you to say it's kind of hard. We're new, but we, you know, just kind of be honest so that you can just say this is how I'm feeling and knowing yeah. in time it's going to resolve itself, but it's okay to share that you just are feeling some things and it's okay to feel that considering the situation. Gosh, just, why is that such a shameful feeling for me to feel left out? Like that's just unit. That's a universal issue for type twos that because of your energy yeah. being subdued and you're going to think you have to get out there and make friends and make things happen. And you just got to pray that it comes to you at the right time and it becomes an easy transition because you're putting stress on yourself by feeling like you've got to be more of an extrovert when that's not who you are. And so that, that yeah. you know, again, use, the techniques to create what you want, um, pray for it, put it into I am statements, um, be a creator of your life and ask for things to come to you in a comfortable way in the time that's appropriate. And that you'll both feel this sense of, um, you're both, that's a, both of you have this double introvert energy. Did you ever watch on yeah. the Carol blog? Did you watch that video? 
I'll I have, have a video. I'll have to find it. Yeah. Yeah. There, I interviewed women of every, like the, I have a video where I talked to a woman that's a four, two and a woman that's a two, four, same set, same video that I yeah. express in that, that that's a double introvert energy means that your inner, your energy runs inward. You don't have right. um, access to an extrovert outward energy as easily, you know, it's just not in your kind of makeup. And so watch right. that video. It'll put you at ease so that you become yeah. more okay yeah. with that's just who I am. But I can still have friends and be connected to my community. So. Right. Right. That'll be great. Okay. I'll yeah. definitely. Thanks for calling that. in. Thanks so much. We love sure. you. So take care. Thank you. Oh, Bye. My next caller is Betsy. Hi, Betsy. Hi. Um, I am just calling in about a potty training question actually. Okay. But perhaps might be something else. Um, I have a four and a half year old type two son. Okay. And he, um, we've been potty training him for two years. And um, so we kind of, I started with a really strict regimen. So I'm a type four, but I thought I was a type two up until about six months ago. Uh huh. So, um, but I started him with a really strict um, potty training um, regimen and just, was a huge power struggle and went awfully right and so then I went off of that and tried to do it more leisurely and then I think that's when I started reading the child whisper okay so I tried to tailor it more to him then um, so you've been in this kind of well, you've been in this effort for two years now yes mm -hmm. taken any breaks so, in that two-year period have you taken any we, breaks where you just stopped you just said I'm not going to try right now we we did um, probably about a year ago just for a few weeks. And then we have been doing that actually for the last three weeks. We haven't done anything with potty okay. training. He, he jumped at the opportunity. I asked him, do you want to wear diapers or wear underwear and use the potty? And he's like, I want to be a baby. I want to wear diapers. And he's done that in other areas too, like getting dressed. He can get himself dressed. But a lot of times it turns into this. I don't want to get dressed. I can't do it. Like I can't do my okay. seatbelt. I just can't do it. Things like that. Okay. Let me, I'm going to, cause we're close to the end of the show. I'm going to um, take you off the air and respond to your question. The, um, my sense is you probably started him a little too young at two and a half. Um, and with your admission that it was highly structured, there was a lot of pressure on him. You didn't know he couldn't handle demand and pressure and this sense of I better ex, you know, if it was highly structured, there was a lot of pressure to then perform and um, be able to do that. And he fell apart. It became this emotional breakdown. So he's still associating this whole thing with that and other things with this kind of structure you've raised him with to this point. And of course, we, we, we all need structure in our lives. I'm not saying you abandon structure. Everyone requires it to live in this physical world that we need some sense of structure. But are you allowing the emotional component for him to be honored in that emotional, making it comfortable, making it um, supportive? My sense is, again, you're I would have I said to take a break here just to kind of clean off um, this old energy that's attached to it because attached to the original event is this sense of overwhelm that he's feeling pressured and overwhelmed. And when he can't then match it, he breaks down and he retreats. Think of a turtle wanting to go into a shell when the, when a type two is faced with overwhelm pressure, they want to get away. They don't want to be a part of it. They want to disengage and they just can't function. And he's only, he's four and a half now. He's going to notice that kids his age aren't wearing diapers. Um, I think you're uh, 
taking a break, reapproaching it, what do you do to build into make, make it a different experience where you're honoring his emotional connection with? Is he picking out the underpants he's going to be wearing? Is he picking out the potty stool? Is he showing you what he's comfortable with? Um, and again, you kind of have, you're making up for some, a little bit, you know, you've got to clean up some damage that's been done in this process. So it's going to take a little more effort than you might like, but it's just, you want to reset things for him so that he's, you're almost going to be what's going to look like pampering to you. You're going to think it's pampering, but it's going to be maybe doing overs with a little more emphasis to comfort and consideration of him. So there's some trust built and then it'll come back into balance. So for about two to three months, you might have to approach things with, oh, like if he doesn't want to buckle his seatbelt, that's okay. Mommy's here to help you. See, I want you to show up with consideration and you're going to translate that as I'm pampering my child. Just do it. We live in a world where you just have to do things, but you're trying to now reset something. You want to bring it to a place of balance. It's going to require you this doing a little bit of overs in providing comfort, reassurance, support, help. So he knows that when you're inviting him to do something that requires his change of life, going from diapers to using a toilet and underpants is a change of life, that he has confidence that you support him in a way that's supportive to who he is. Okay. So thanks for calling in. Um, if you need some more, <laughs> let us know. Now, for a few weeks into this, how it's going, I'd love to hear back from you. Even if you write in a story, if you want to um, write into parenting at liveyourtruth.com. I want to thank everyone that called in today. It's great when I can talk to live callers. I didn't get to everyone today. Call back next week and also send in your email questions. We weren't able to address all of them today, but I know that those of you that are looking for answers, looking for insight, the things that were shared today, the questions that were asked, the insights that were shared, or you're having your own ahas, you're having your own um, inspiration. And that's what a child whisper parent does. They are seeking to be led based on understanding their children with more clarity, true to their nature. Catch the child whisper blog. We posted, I posted a great post, teenage beauty guide, when to introduce your daughter to makeup. Um, I had talked about that a few months back that we would get that up on the child whisper blog it's there now for your support and then on the carol blog how to dream big even when life tells you to be realistic this is a great post a video post where i'm teaching you some um, creator how to create in your life beyond what you've perceived now as your reality how to use tools to create something beyond your current reality and to not sell out to being realistic. So continue to be a student of my energy healing and my creation work. If you go to the Carol, if you go to caroltuttle.com, you can subscribe to a wonderful email series. I am a creator where you can learn these creation techniques to empower yourself because you are creating your life every day of your life. You're either doing it consciously or you're doing it accidentally, unconsciously creating more of what you don't want. Remember to like the child whisper on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash the child whisper. And please continue to share the child whisper podcast and the best-selling book with your, the people that show up in your life. They're looking, job. Be that parent that connects them with the 
information and tools to help them do a job, uh, the parenting job they're doing with more awareness. Thanks for tuning in. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.